0: What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Rob Marsh. You listen to the Rims and S podcast, episode 47. And we got a packed show. I mean, it's going to be probably almost as long as the last one. Um, just a lot going on. You know, you got NBA basketball, you got college basketball, full display with all those games. Um,. And, of course, high school definitely has been going on. It's been exciting, and w- which I'm pretty much going to really run down through every state. Just like I did last week, we're pretty much previewing the high school teams. I'm pretty much going to run down um, every, I wouldn't say, I mean, pretty much the top teams in every state run down. Does the, the success of every team and what and how well they've been playing and all the top teams in each state and pretty much the top players in each state. Um also far, far as the Celtics go, which we'll get into that right now. Um a lot is going on with that. There's some lately there's been some Jalen Brown trade rumors going on. I mean, Steve Bull Um as of right now we're pretty much this is the first of February. As we're recording, Steeple Pet had a report uh, just today uh, explaining, you know, possibly that Jalen Brown would want it to, you know. There's a there's definitely um, some mix up or something's not right with the mix with this team, and Jalen Brown's admitted that, according to uh, Steeple Pet of Heavy.com. Um, so we had the kind of the. Discuss that. To see what he means by all that. And I'll give you my opinion on that. Um As far as the Celtics. They've been, been up and down. Throughout January. Um, right now they're sitting at. I believe the record is 26 and 25. Let me double check that. I believe. Yeah. They just lost to the Heat last night. So. They're 26 and. 25. Hold on, let me just double check because I, like I said, it's been a lot going on. Right now, they're uh, sitting at 27 and 25. Right now, they're ranked. They're right now, they're ninth in the Eastern Conference. Just I was, if the playoffs started today, they'd be out of the playoffs. The Raptors would have had the last seed, of the eighth seed. So I mean, it's just been frustrating. I mean, and nothing really hasn't. Really, really changed. I mean, they've had been able to be, um, been able to beat up on these, uh, you know, these cupcakes that they've had on the schedule of late. You know, the Kings, they were able to beat them by almost 60 something points. The Kings are a mess. So, like, when you beat a team like that, I mean, it's not really showing much. Um, I think, uh, the big opportunity was, uh, last, last week, last Friday, they played the Atlanta Hawks. Which, you know, the Atlanta Hawks are out of the playoffs as well. But the Atlanta Hawks have been playing well at late. You know, they have one of the better better point guards in the league in Trey Young. They have a nice mix uh, of young players. Uh, John Collins, Clint Capella, Bogdanovich, Dino Gallinari played well in that game. And they end up not able to close the game out. I think that's been the biggest issue with the Celtics is that they are they really have been a front-running team all year long. When they have a chance to get up on a team, they will definitely bury a team. But sometimes, like I said, early in the year, they've been able to, you know, when they had big leads, they've lost big leads. So as much as they can be a front-running team, which, you know, lately they've been able to hold leads, and lately they've been able to be up and be able to close games out when they're up, if a team challenges them like the Atlanta Hawks did last Friday, and they they crumble when it matters, when they crumble and the pressure goes up, they start to get tight. So that's been the same issue that has been not only this season but probably last season as well with this same mix of you know core players. I mean things have definitely gotten better since Marcus Smart has come back from injury. You know they like I said they've been able to beat up on these cupcake teams. But when it comes down to teams, maybe at their level or you know maybe better than them, plus five hundred teams, you know they lose. They the like I said, I mentioned they lost to the Hawks, but they also lost to the Hornets. Lamelo Ball had a triple double against them. Terry Rozier had a nice game against them, which is a former Celtic. Which that must hurt to watch him have a huge game against us, where we could have maybe signed him and maybe who knows how it would have been if they decided to to go with him instead of what was the other option I believe, i'm trying to remember what was our point guard at the time i think we decided to go with Kyrie at that time no 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 kyrie urban was already here I, rozier ended up being a free agent the year after that the, the year the last year uh, that kyrie left you know, to go to the Nets. I think Rozier was a free agent the same year. So that's when Rozier went to the Hornets. B SO oh yeah. Now I remember. They chose Gordon Hayward to come here. And Terry Rozier, you know, came back in that sign and trade to Charlotte. So now I remember that that's pretty much what happened. So yeah, they chose Gordon Hayward and, and look you know, look how that ended up. You know, Hayward ended up being injured most of the time since he was there and that's all she wrote, you know. I said, excuse me, what am I talking about? It is not when It was Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker was the guy. Kimball Walker pretty much came back in that signing trade for Terry Rozier. So now that all makes sense. Um, and, yeah, that didn't work out that well. I mean, he's not even doing that well in New York. He's been kind of up and down. He's been inconsistent in New York. He's had his moments, but he's still... You know, the New York team, the Knicks haven't been really, they've had a good year because Julius Randle, but it hasn't been like a really consistent year. They're kind of like, you know, where the Celtics are, you know, a little bit above 500 or under 500. So it just hasn't worked out, you know, you know, far as like point guards and Rozier going to Charlotte, it hasn't worked out. But it's it's worked out more for Charlotte Charlotte' you know got a decent team you know, Miller ball's been really good but but anyways, speaking of the Celtics and their and their problems, you have to just figure out what is what what would be the most important thing to fix this chemistry problem and Jalen Brown being that guy or maybe possibly. You need to get rid of him. I mean, that to me, that seems, you know, when they have, you know, game, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have played well together th- this past month. They've had a couple games where they've been, been able to get 30 points a game and they've both been able to combine themselves with 60, 70 point outings. I mean, that's like when they when you see that, it makes you not want to decide on training it. But I remember, um, I think I recorded maybe. Not the last podcast, but the last podcast before that, I was, you know, kind of um, thinking or really pondering on the idea of Jalen Brown possibly being traded because it seems like they were, at that time, they were on a stretch where they were playing well without him because Jalen Brown was hurt, you know, in December. He was coming back from that hamstring injury, and then when he came back, they... They've been, you know, OK, still kind of like teetering at that 500 position, you know, smart just came back. So they've gotten a little bit better as far as like just beating up on, you know, bad teams. But when it comes down to the better teams, they just haven't really shown themselves. When you look at the upcoming games, you look at the upcoming games, they got the Hornets tomorrow. Um, They got the Pistons. Obviously, they they should win that game. But a Hornets game, that's a game that they should win as well. But Hornets are obviously up, you know, up in the standings. They're right now seventh right now. So technically, Hornets are the better team. So, but you got two superstars on your team. So you should be better than Hornets. You know, I don't think the Hornets you would consider them having a superstar driven team. They have more of a young team led by Hayward and company and Rozier and Miles Bridges has had an awesome year Well, he's a definitely a caliber all-star caliber player this season. But, but anyways, I would have to say, you know, with these upcoming cupcakes, you got the Pistons, you got the magic, probably the toughest game is on the is on the 8th, on February 8th, they play against the Nets. And we all know the Nets um, are at home. They're going to not have Kyrie Irving because of the uh, vaccine mandate. And then you have the Nuggets, which, again, they should win that. There's no Durant. Durant still, is going to be still hurt. He may not be back by that time. Probably won't be back by that time. So that's a game they should win. So it's like you got... Potentially four upcoming games, they should be four and zero, realistically. And but who knows with this team? You just don't know what type of team they're gonna, what type of effort and attitude they're gonna come out with every night. Like, but they should win those games. All those games are very winnable games. And then you have the Nuggets after that on the eleventh. Then you have the Hawks again, and then you have the Sixers. And then Pistons, and then you got All Star Break. So, you got about maybe one, two, three, four, five, six, possibly seven to eight games until the All Star Break in the next upcoming two weeks. Most of those games are winnable games. I think the Nuggets game might be a tough game, and the Sixers game might be a tough game. So, I mean, you got the Nets, of course, but that's without Durant, and that's without Kyrie Irving. So, you should be able to win that, those those games. You should be able to win most of those games. You should be no more than six and two. You're two games above five hundred. Maybe you can actually make a run here. This would be the perfect time to make a run and take advantage of the schedule. They did they definitely did a lot of that, you know, in January. they got to do the same here, but who knows with this team? So, I mean, who knows? That could change everything, the perspective of the team. They're, they might be sitting, you know, maybe above that, you know, the six line, which is obviously the line where, you know, you'd have to play the playing game. If you give above, get above six, you don't have to play the playing game. It would be nice if they could do that, if they can withstand that and be able to make a run here, but, you know... Maybe, just maybe, you know, Brad Stevens might make a move that might be a, uh, may not be a, a rebuilding type of move where you're probably going to be rebuilding. They like I said, they did make a move, um, a couple weeks ago. They got Ball Ball from the, from the Nuggets, which he may not be a factor this year because he's out. Um, yeah. I believe he has a, um, and lower it's a lower, lower stranded, a lower body injury. I, I I don't know exactly what it is. I at this moment, but I can look it up real quick. But as of right now, he's going to be out for most of the season. So they got to wait on him. But hey, man, he's ridiculously long—seven eight wingspan, seven two wingspan. It would be interesting to see what type of you know position they would put him. Um, the guy can, you know, he can guard multiple positions. He's very athletic. He can handle the ball well. Um, I'm just trying to figure out his injury, see how long he's going to be out. Well, it's saying he's going to be around the team, which he, should, you know, that wouldn't that wouldn't be that wouldn't be a bad idea to get him, you know, familiar with the plays and and get to watch the team work out, practice with the team, especially when he's, you know, out you know, eventually when he you know gets healthy again. But it's a foot injury. So he has he's out with a right foot injury, so he had surgery on it about maybe about I don't know exactly when he heard it, but um he had surgery on he's out for the season. So it's not it's it's, it's a minor, minor deal. It kinda cuts some salary. Now they're out of the a luxury tax threshold. Um they were able to get rid of uh Hernan Gomez, which was making about six million a year. So I mean, just is it not to me? I like the deal because I like Bobo. I like Bobo as a player. I like he he has a very high potential to really do it. You know, I like him as a as a nice complimentary piece. He'll be a nice complimentary piece. You might you might throw him in the starting lineup. Who knows? Like I know, like you know, if he can develop a three point shot, that you know he could be an X factor, and you might want to throw him in the starting lineup. Imagine having a, a lineup with Rob Williams, Bobo, and Jason Tatum. That would be like a scary lineup up front. And then if you still do have Jalen Brown, then you, you have you can put Jalen Brown at the two spot as a six seven two guard. Like that's kind of ridiculous. And then maybe start smart at the point guard position. A very ridiculous defensive lineup. A very um, long and agile and athletic, you can get out and get steals and, and get out in transition. Really cause a lot of impact with that. That would be interesting to see, but we're gonna have to wait to next year to see it to see what it could possibly be. And who knows what's gonna happen? You know, the trading deadline is upcoming in February. Uh, February tenth. It's actually before the All Star break, which is kind of odd for for it to be before the All Star break, but. Nevertheless, that's the date that it's gonna be. And question is, is, is is Brad Stevens gonna make a major move and shake everything up completely? And but I think if you're gonna trade Jalen Brown, it has to be a good piece back. Like it has to be like a superstar back. Like you can't just trade him for a bunch of draft picks or trade him for like a piece that isn't gonna help the team in the short term. They gotta if they're gonna get rid of Jalen Brown or they're going to trade Jalen Brown, it has to be for a, a piece that will, ha- that will help them right away. Maybe a veteran, maybe an older player that maybe might be a little bit better for Jason Tatum's development, allows Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum to kind of lead the team, but at the same time, still be a, a second option for him to, you know, to allow him to... He'll definitely be the number one option. There will be no discussion, but he's still a second... He still, you know, thrives at being a second option instead of just kind of where Jalen Brown kind of maybe wants to kind of just be the main guy on. Him. You know, he, he's his statistics have been very good this season far as like being a lead guy. But to me, I think he's a very good two. His attitude, because he's a young player and his mentality as a young player, he's probably thinking that he's he could be more than what he is, which he could. If on a bad team, he probably would average about high twenties and you know points per game but would that be would that be good for him you know to just i don't know i just think it's it's always different with younger players their mentality is different as far as like you know when they get older they want to win more as they get older but when they're younger they want all the all-star games they want all the scoring titles they want all the all the all the accolades and all the the sneaker deals and all the sponsors compared to like all the individual you know individual awards and all that stuff compared to like when they get older they want more of the team awards and all the championships and the rings and stuff so it's just a different dynamic when it comes down to that but nevertheless um like I said, there there are 500 team right now, and there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. We have to figure out what those answers are going to be. So it's going to be an interesting upcoming uh, few weeks. Um, hopefully, I will be recording maybe my next part. I know it was a while. I just had a lot going on outside of work, of course. Um, still waiting on my ver- uh my my car to be repaired i mean covid has definitely affected a lot of things like i mentioned um i did have a car accident so i'm still actually waiting for my car to to be repaired it's almost repaired it's just a few parts that i'm waiting on and hopefully sooner rather than later i can kind of get that squared away and a few other things i've had to take care of as well evolving that as well it's been a mess but here I am, um, you know, just continuing everything with that and just back to, you know, update you on all this basketball news because there's a lot of it, we definitely don't like to, like, go too far, like three weeks, four weeks, but that's probably what it's going to be. I would say I'm going to try to get a podcast in before the All-Star Week. Most likely I'm going to because that's really the part of the, Part of the NBA season that I love, um, it's a lot going on with that as far as, you know, the slant dunk contest, the three-point shootout, the All-Star game itself. Um, probably report on probably the potential All-Star bids for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They most likely will get reserves. They just announced the, start, the um, All-Star starters. Um, I'm going to see if I can pull that up in front of me. Real quick, and we can discuss that real quick. I'm not going to go long about it, because like I said, we got a lot going on with that. But yeah, if you look at the starters, you got obviously LeBron, you got Durant. But as um, far as the East, the starters are Kevin Durant, Gonis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid. Trey Young and Demar Derozan. Demar Derozan had a, a great season with the Chicago Bulls. Um, I got a I got a cousin that keeps reminding me that how good he, how efficient he is. You know how he doesn't you know shoot threes. He doesn't rely on the three point shot, which is just a unique part of Demar Derozan's game. He pretty much plays inside and out. In, he plays he plays inside to outside. Like he can make threes don't get me wrong, he can make threes, but he's more, he depends more on inside, you know, shots and mid-range shots, he doesn't depend on three-point shots, like, you know, guys like Steph Curry do, but out in the West, you have LeBron James, you have Nikola Jokic, Andrew Wiggins, that's a bit of a surprise, Andrew Wiggins is having a good season, but I didn't ever think he would ever be a starter, but, um, Again, the Warriors, I mean, that's just kind of just granted because the Warriors are having a good season. They're one of the top teams in the West behind the Suns. So if not, I mean, it's been either the Suns or the Warriors pretty much, you know, pretty much they're the top teams in the West. John Moran is having a ridiculous season. He deserves it to be a starter. So he pretty much rounds up the West, you know, starting unit. I mean, I like it besides Wiggins. I think Wiggins is the biggest surprise. But all those other guys, pretty much no surprise on both teams. I don't think there's you can really say those are like snubs or anything. Those guys kind of deserve to get the the bid for where they were at. Um, Some people say maybe Zach Levine. But uh, Zach Levine ended up getting hurt. That was like maybe someone that you can put on there. Maybe he might end up being a reserve. But... Probably not because he's hurt, so he probably won't get it at this point. The coaches pretty much decide the rest of the roster, but um, it was. I'm taking a look at these um, the voting results to kind of see what you would want for reserves, I would say. If I look, I'm gonna just look. I'm gonna just kind of just judge it off of the voting results to see what the reserves could be. Um, far as the West, far as front court, I think Paul George might be a reserve. Gobert is gonna be reserved. reserve. Um, Anthony Davis. I don't know why Cameron Anthony got in there. Like, dude's sitting. The dude's a bench player. How is he gonna get so many votes to get in? But yeah, people voted for Carmel Anthony. Aiton is a Aiton would be a guy, an interesting pick for a reserve. It's either Aiton or Carmel Anthony. Towns. And for the East front court, you got Jason Tatum. Obviously, deserves to be a reserve. Jimmy Butler deserves to be a reserve. Miles Bridges had a good season. Sackeyn's been good this year. Um, Bam, he's been hurt. So I don't know, kind of kind of shaky on Bam at a body this year. He's been hurt. Jared Allen's had a very strong season for the Caps. The Cavs have had a very good season this year, and Jared Allen's been a big part of that. Um, for the guards in the backcourt, obviously Luca, Luca deserved to be a starter. But anyways, he you know you got Devin Booker. Devin Booker's been outstanding this season. He's definitely deserves to be a um a reserve. Chris Paul. Clay Thompson, uh, no, I mean he's been hurt, but yet people voted for him. Donovan Mitchell's had a very strong season, and then Edwards, uh, Anthony Edwards, very good season for Anthony Edwards. I think he might maybe get a last bid or something like, but we could, yeah, it come down to it. I think Anthony Edwards might have the last bid, and then for the East backcourt. Lamelo Ball deserves to get in. James Harden deserves to get in. Kyrie Irving deserves to get in. Psych. Kyrie Irving hasn't played enough this year. Darius Garland's been good. Obviously, Jalen Brown. i um, Jalen Brown got the last, like all, like far as like all the bolts go. But yeah, that's not that that's gonna be like what it will be, but that's kind of like what I would like, what I would prefer. As far as like the reserves. Yeah, but anyways, let's swift gears. Kind of done talking about NBA, but we'll have to see what the Celtics do in the, you know, these upcoming weeks, but let's switch gears and like talk about a little bit of college basketball. Um, Providence has been strong this season. They have a game tonight. I don't think they they play at like nine o'clock. Which right now, that's the game just started. So, but uh, as of right now, UConn, excuse me, Providence has been seventeen and two this season. They they they've been strong. I mean, they I just watched highlights of them. They they beat a very good Marquette team at home. It was a close game. It was kinda of like an old school Biggies type of game. You know, a, a defensive minded, tough physical game. Um, it was in the sixties. They it, it was like every possession was, was was very key to winning the game. Like it was it was it was a it was a nice crowd too. Like I thought Providence, you know, Rhode Island, they did a good job of, of packing the Dunkin' Donuts Center. It was a good crowd. Um, the thing is with Providence is what makes them so good is they're so well-rounded. They got a great front line with Horchley and Watson. Then they have guys like good complementary pieces like Manaya and Breed and, um, Durham. Durham has been key for them. Like that was a key transfer that they got. Um, it's definitely made them much better in that backcourt. They got a much better scoring backcourt now and they're just more deeper. There's much of a, more of a deeper team. So, they, like I said, they had like, a, I just named like five or six players that they can, they, they rely on to play big minutes for them. So, it always helps when you, you have a good, you know, you got good complimentary pieces, then you have good, you know, guys you can go to. And I just think that's the key with them. They've been able to close a lot of games out down the stretch. A lot of these games have been closed. They've won and they've been, they've been tough. They, they got, they got a very mentally tough team. Um, that pretty much goes for the personality of their coach and Cooley has been doing it for a long time and he's definitely had a lot of, a lot of good game, a lot of team, uh, good teams in the past and. It's definitely helped that he's had that experience to kind of, you know, build this team the way he built it. It's been a very strong season for them. Um, probably one of the better seasons that Providence has had in a long time. Um, they've they've had some glory days early in maybe early two thousands. They've had some, you know, nice years when the old biggies, you know, the old biggies when you had, um. I'm trying to remember like the old biggies, but I just remember Providence, you know, having big games in the Madison Square Garden, playing in the Madison Square Garden, having big games, you know, able to really, you know, be a a true contender. I think they're in, they definitely are having a strong year, and it's really because of guys like Watson that just been physical. They've been physical down low and maybe the, the dribble penetration's been really good from Durham and Breed and Mania, and it's been it's been key for them. It's really been a, a really strong year. They're, right now they're sitting right on top of the Big East, and Big East has been very good this season. They've had they have literally five ranked teams right now, so possibly one of the better conferences in the country. I mean, you got ACC up there, but then you have Big East. I think Big East might be slightly better this year than the ACC. Which, when's the last time you said that? Like I said, you have to go back to the old school Big East years when that happened. Oh, my God. I did not even. Excuse me. I'm just. Hold on. Just had an issue with my mic. Um, got it fixed now. So I believe I have it fixed. Just a sec. Hold on. Okay, we're back. It looks like, I mean, I'm, I'm watching myself being recorded. So I know the record, you know, like I've had times where, you know, early on when I was recording, you know, these pods that I would realize, oh, I'm not recording. Like I remember I had like one time I wasn't recording at all, but I'm, I know I'm recording. Cause I, I could, I could see, you know, everything being done in the studio as far as it's like, just being recording. But I just like to have the mic close up and the mic was away from me. And I'm like, all right, I don't really like the mic being away from me. So I ha- have it a little bit more closer up. So it's a little bit more better sound. Maybe you guys might be able to realize it might be better sound. Maybe you might hear that it was a little bit more lower than it normally was. I don't know. I will obviously try to check it on some dumb recording, but maybe I'll edit it out, maybe amplify it or whatever. But, um, yeah, I was just like, uh, that was kind of like a, like a little, little, a little fear that I don't like to go through where or just a little bit of a anxiety that i would like to go through where I'm not recording it or not properly recording it the way I wanted to it to be recorded. But anyways, we're back on now. Um what was I what was I talking about? We were talking about Providence. But yeah, Providence is just they've been strong this year. 18 and 2. Um they got I think they're playing St. John's tonight. So that'll be an interesting game to see who wins that. Um they're only two games away from getting twenty wins they're you know playing their best basketball at the right time with just a one month away from march Madness. and they're this will be a tough road for them you know the biggest is not gonna be easy you know they got villanova is the up- uh they did they even got Villanova next I believe right or is that I'm just trying to let me see. No, so that's not the case. I think that's but they don't have over next. But but like I said, let's just kinda of discuss some of the big wins they've had. I mean they beat Exelier and they already beat UConn already. And and they've been good. Like even though like COVID has affected them a bit, um they they had a few uh cancellations, so I don't know if uh, the biggest is going to make up those games, but um, they still have still quite a a good amount of games left. There's still another month left. I think they maybe have maybe a good, you know, maybe eight to ten games left. Usually, that's kind of what how it would be. Usually, most teams play high twenties to you know early thirties as far as games go. 25 to 27 games or so in the season. And then you have the, um, the conference tournament and you have made possibly one or two games out of that or three if you do make it all the way to the championship round. So they should get over about 30 something games. They should. So they've been good. I had to give them props. Cooley's done a good job of really recruiting and really putting the right pieces in there, getting the right transfers in, getting um, a lot of experienced guys in there. Horsley's, again, they, Horsley and, and Durham have been big-time transfers the past two seasons that really have made this team what it is today. So you got to give them props. But uh, uh another team that, uh, that locally that's been good has been UConn. Um, they've been sliding a bit of late. You know they had a strong season. They were like undefeated in December, coming into January. They didn't they didn't have a blemish on the record, and then once they got into the um, conference, they definitely started to lose a couple games that they definitely w- wouldn't want to lose. Um, they just recently lost to Creighton. Um, I believe that happened today. So now they, they got their fifth loss of the season. They're in, right now, they stand at 15 and five. Um, like I said, the reason why they were losing some of those games, cause they did have some injuries. The injury bug definitely hit them. Um, they just got Snowgo back maybe about, a, you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, they're right now as healthy as they can be right now. They got Snowgo. They got a Coke back. Um, Tyrese Martin has been, you know, been their consistent piece. He, I think he was out for a few games. Um, RJ Cole's been literally their heart and soul, of their team right now. One of their better scorers at the point guard position. Um, they got other guys, Jackson, you know, very good defensive player. They pretty much, you know, are. One of the better defensive teams in probably all of college basketball I mean their length is ridiculous with poli and Sinogo and and um Whaley they're they're very big up front and they have very big on the wings as well so and they got some you know they got a little they got some depth they can fall on so I would say like I said they're more like I said they're kind of like Providence a pretty balanced team all around as far as like their front court and their back. Court. Pretty balanced team all around. Um, I like UConn a lot. I think they're they're good. I think they're a tournament team, of course, just like Province. Province is obviously a tournament team, but you know UConn's a tournament team as well. They got some pieces, but um, we're at to see. You know if they if they possibly could win the Big East. They're right now, you know, right now at number three. As far as like the standings go, nobody's above them. That's what I was referring to. I think they're playing against Nova on Saturday, Villanova, which is the number two team in the conference. So that should be a tough game. Um, I'm pretty sure they don't want to drop that and fall to six losses. They definitely probably want to, like, wrap that up, get themselves close to 20 wins. But like I said, it ain't going to be no easy slouch. You know, if you lose into Creighton, which is right now, which I think is a tournament team. Creighton's a pretty good team. I think they're ranked six in the in the conference right now. But you um, lose to Creighton, and then you got all these other teams. You got Xavier, that's good. You got obviously Province, that's good. I think Providence might play them again. One of the, actually, they were supposed to play them the second game, but it got canceled because of COVID. So they got a lot of pieces. Uh, a lot of um, a lot of a lot of a lot of pieces, but then there's a lot of other teams in the, in in the conference that are deep as well. And like I said, this may be the one of the better conferences in all of college basketball. So we we'll have to see how they how they end the season. It's got still a month a uh, still a month left until you know you know March and you know the conference tournament and stuff. So we we'll have to see how they end the season. And then probably the last team to probably you know the end the segment is Vermont. I liked Vermont. They've won 10 straight games. They definitely have dominated the conference, which pretty much is a weaker conference compared to you know, the Big East. I mean they're playing the American East. but I like Vermont because of their experience pieces. and they've had they played well, even though they weren't able to get a marquee win in the non-conference portion of the schedule. I mean, they played Maryland. They played. They also played Providence as well. So you can say Providence had a, a good, you know, key, you know, key victory against Vermont early in the year. Um, Vermont played them tough. They ended up losing by 10 to Providence. And same thing with Maryland. They, they played Maryland tough, but they ended up losing to Maryland as well. So Vermont really didn't have, like, a really key win. I think they beat Brown. I mean, That is not really a. You wouldn't really say that's like a marquee, unless Brown ends up winning the Ivy League, which anything can happen at this point. I mean, you know, potentially I was looking at, you know, them being, Brown being like the top team in the Ivy League, but as of right now, Princeton is the number one team right now. So, that's another story of which I thought, you know, I rated Brown High early in the year as far as like the, you know the local college teams, but they end up being a, somewhat of a five hundred team this year, even though they have the experience coming back as just probably the team that really end up being the best out of that mix has been Harvard far as like a local mid major edge type of team. but I think Vermont may be the best mid major team locally that's really done well for themselves. They've only lost four games this season and I just think you know with the backcourt of Shungu and and Powell on the wing and Ryan Davis up front they they kind of have pretty much everything covered you know they have versatility on both ends with all, you know where Ryan Davis and they and Powell's able to really lead them with assists and rebounds and he's third in scoring And then Shug was kind of like a one-on-one type player, an isolation type player that can create his own shot. You know, definitely they have a lot of, a lot of, lot of, lot of things that could scare teams in the tournament when it comes down to March. If they do end up, which they have to, have to make sure they close things out, and they definitely have to make sure they, you know, they win their conference and they win their conference tournament because. At this point, I don't think American East will get another bid. So it's going to be important for Vermont to stay focused, um, get themselves a good position where they are maybe a number one, number two seed, which I think they will. Uh, Stony Brick is like maybe two games behind them, but they got to be focused and they got to stay, you know, stay being who they are right now because, like I said, they're pretty much... Talent wise, their arms and shoulders better than everyone in their in their conference, so they have to continue to play like that. And yeah, they got they got to make sure they have to get get the job done because they can't depend on because they, like I said, like I just mentioned, they didn't have any big games where they were able to you know say, look at my resume, I beat this team during the non conference portion of the schedule. They ha- they don't have those marquee wins, so they have to wrap it up and they got to make sure they. They they absolutely uh, dominate to end the season and hopefully they get themselves into the tournament because right now um, a lot is riding on them and they're definitely uh, uh, they're definitely a team that is is a lot is riding on them that they have to be that favorite coming out of the American East if they want to like maybe. You know, surprise some teams, but I think they have the pieces to definitely do some, maybe do some damage. Maybe they could win a game, win a round, and when it comes down to March, because they definitely Shungu's a guy that can go off. He can get you thirty. Ryan Davis can get you twenty and ten. Isaiah Powell can do everything. He's a you know one of the better you know utility players in the conference. So. Far as like representing locally, I think probably those three teams are probably the the teams you got to look out for. Um, maybe Harvard, maybe possibly could win the Ivy League. Um, Yale's been a disappointment this year. Brown's been a disappointment this year. Um, UMass has kind of been same thing, been a disappointment. BC's been a disappointment in the ACC. So I would just say those three teams have definitely have solidified themselves as probably the best, like right now in the New England region. If I had to say, um, all right, we're going to wrap up a segment. Um, you can listen to the Rims and Nets podcast. This is your host Rob Morris. We'll be right back with the next segment. We're pretty much we're going to talk about, you know, mainly high school basketball. Um, pretty much run down the entire entirety of each state and what's going on with each state so again we'll be right back listen to the rims of this podcast